Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Romans 8, verse 31. What? It's a question that we move into. What shall we then say to these things? Well, all the things that have been listed in Romans 8, specifically verses 28 and 29. We know that all things work together for good and them love God, them fall according to his purpose. When we did for no, we also did the best night to be formed in the image of the Son, who might be first born among any brethren. Moreover, we've been depressed, he also called him, he called, he also justified him, justified, he also glorified. So what shall we say then to these things? Well, the pointing back gives us the context. That these things, all of Romans 8, it's the mountain peak for believers that has the context of this for believers. What shall we say then to these things? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. All of the things that we read about in Romans 8 that we've already preached on and now we're applying to our lives. What is going to be our response? 1 Corinthians 15, look at verse. 57. Here's our response. But thanks be to God. That's our response as believers in everything that we have from the Lord. All of the things that he has given us. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, as a believer, when, when Christ died, you died. When he was resurrected, you were resurrected. You're, you're buried with him. You're risen with him. You are in Christ. And this morning, have you trusted Jesus? His victory is your victory. What shall we say then to, he, to these things? Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. What are we going to do with it? Verse 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We all labor. Ladies, do you labor around the house? Men and women, do we labor at our jobs? Is it labor training and raising our children and grandchildren? Is it labor keeping a garden through a drought? All of it's labor. Are you getting busy laboring in the Lord? You've got a victory in that. There's no promise the tomatoes are going to come up this season. We labor in things where there's no guarantee. Job security, forget it. I'm not saying don't labor. All I'm saying is there's no guarantee your job's going to, your boss is going to keep you on for the next quarter. Are you laboring in the Lord? That's where the victory is. That is where you can mark it down. It will not be in vain. 
It won't. Get a hold of that. 1 Corinthians 3. Look at verse 21. 1 Corinthians 3, 21. Bible says, therefore, let no man glory in men. You know how many people have said, well, I just love my preacher throughout the years of Christianity. And then all of a sudden, they don't love their preacher. <laughs> a preacher friend of my preacher, he said one time, he said, uh, this is years back when I first considered, I, I thought the Lord, the Lord was calling me into the ministry. He said, here's what you got to know. People are going to love you up until the time they don't love you. <laughs> There's been some preachers that have been hurt emotionally bad. And we can park on that and go over both sides of it. Both sides have problems. But I'm telling you, what the Bible says is, don't glory in any man. I want to try to do the best I can as a preacher of the word of God, but don't glory in me. I want to try to do the best I can to be an example, to lift my voice in the open arena, but don't follow after me. You better keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. You keep your, yeah, you keep your eyes on me long enough. You'll realize quickly what my wife realized a long time ago. He ain't as spiritual as he thinks he is. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't glory in any man. Sorry to disappoint you. Honey, it's just one for you. Just, We'll patch up that little fight we had before church. After all, you you can't you can't glory after man. You better find a way to glory in the Lord. Why? Because the verse tells us, "For all things are yours." Watch verse twenty-three. Why? Because you are Christ, and Christ is God. You have what you have because of the Lord. And all of the blessings that you have are because of the Lord. You've been lost in sin. I've been lost in sin. But if you are a believer, you have been recovered in Christ. If you're truly born again and you're living in sin right now, you're dwelling in sin right now, you're going after the things of the world right now, sin is abounding in your life, you shouldn't be comfortable with that. It should bother you. It should prick your heart. It should cause you to say, you know what? I need to pray about that. I need to think about that. I need to get that thing right. Something should be there. Why? Because you've got the spirit of God living within you. Therefore, let no man glory. In men. Take all the wisdom of men. All the accomplishments. All the accolades. And just lay them at the feet of at the foot of the cross. They are nothing. You have all things in Christ. Christ is in God. And you can glory in Christ because of the beautiful, glorious union you have with him. Go back to Romans chapter 8. 
I know this doesn't sound like deep theology, but it really, really is. Because there's two, there's a bunch of questions listed here. It's a glorious, almost like a glorious hymn you can triumph, if you will, from, thir from 31 all the way down to 39. But look at the second question in verse number 31. The first one was, what shall we say to these things? The second question is, if God be for us, who can be against us? This is personal. It doesn't say what can be against us. It says who, denoting a personal application. Now, I can tell you who's against you. The same that are against me, the devil, the devil's world system, the government, lost people. They're all against you and they're all against me. Who can be against you? Those people. But are you in Christ? Their opposition to you will not be successful. The devil hating you and being against you as a believer, his attempts to destroy you will not be successful. You are in Christ. You are not condemned. And you have a destination and there is nothing that's going to get in the way of God fulfilling his purpose in you. But there's some people that are against you. But don't make any mistake. If you're a believer, it will not be a successful attempt. I can tell you who else is against you. <laughs> Your flesh is against you. My flesh is against me. Now, it's going to die eventually. But until then, it is going to be there to continually tempt you and try to mess you up. I'm here this morning to tell you who can be against you? Your flesh. Your flesh is against you. You can be your own worst nightmare. I can be my own worst enemy. Why? More specifically because of this. There's some things, there's some people that are against you. Look, God is not for you sinning. He's not for me sinning. He's not for you being lazy. He's not for you being out of church. He's not for you not witnessing. He's not for you going down the wrong way. He's not for you having wrong friends. He's not for you looking at uh, dirty pictures on the internet. He's not for you listening to dirty music. He's not for you doing any of that. Yet he is for you. To be in him fulfilling his purpose. He's going to accomplish that in you. Whether you like it or not. He pulled you out of the gutter. And he says he's going to save you to the utter. You're not at the uttermost yet. But you're out of the guttermost. Start living like it. Start appreciating it. He's going to conform you. That's the destination that you will finally arrive at. You will ultimately be conformed to the image of Christ. And like we preached before in earlier messages, that just hasn't happened completely yet, but it will. It doesn't matter 
who is against you. God will fulfill his purpose. Don't think for a minute that you can keep yourself saved. People say, you know, if I only if I only clean up my life in this area, then I can really know I'm saved. Well, what is it? What, what if it's what if the thing that you're doing now that you wish you weren't doing that you're doing that you think if you weren't doing, you can really keep your salvation. Let's take that out of the equation. Do you really think you not doing that is you keeping your salvation? Because it won't be long until something else creeps up into your mind that says, you know what, I really shouldn't be doing that. The flesh is causing you to doubt that God can keep you. And the devil's trying to teach you that you can keep your salvation. You can't keep it. You cannot keep it. God is the one who will keep you. He promised that he would. Get a hold of that promise. And his grace will help you clean up your life. But you won't be able to clean up your life just trying to fight your thoughts and fight the devil. And, well, the devil keeps telling you, man, if you, if you did this, you can really you can really be assured you're saved. Living a holy life, a righteous life, and a clean life brings some assurance to my life when I live that life. And living an unholy life and an unrighteous life should cause you to doubt. <laughs> that kind of means that you're a bit in tune with God in the sense that you know that what you're doing isn't right. But you can't clean it up. God's Holy Spirit in you is going to have to help you clean it up. You got a toolbox and you need a screwdriver, but you keep reaching for a hammer. It's going to wreck the job. It's going to wreck it. You know why you're going to be in heaven? Verse 32, Romans 8. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. That's how you're going to get to heaven. And that's the only way you're going to get to heaven. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us. God has a destiny of confirmation for his saints. We are the called, we are justified, we are going to one day be completely glorified. That's the destination that we have. You were in a state of guilt, so was I, from the tops of our heads to the sole of our feet, to every beat of our heart, we were guilty and undone. We don't have an inch, we don't have an ounce, we don't have a speck of righteousness. But Christ's work on the cross justified you. I know who saved my soul. Do you? I know who made me whole. Do you know this morning who made you whole? 
Do you know this morning who justified you and who pulled you out of the depths of hell when your bones were still smoking? And he's going to finish. That's when he started. And you will one day be completely sanctified and glorified and conform to the image of his dear son, Colossians. His name is Jesus. And he justified us. He called us. I want to find happiness in the ball club. I want to find happiness down at the VFW hall. I want to find happiness in all these sorts of things. I'm not in the political party. I'm not in a social club. I am in a spiritual organism, and it's called the church. It's of the living God, which is the pillar and the ground of truth. You know what we learned in Sunday school? Bible says in Psalms 138, he has magnified thy word above his name. Bible says in John, thy word is truth. It says of the church, it's the pillar and the ground of truth. You've got ground. You have a pillar. And then on that pillar is the truth. Thy word is truth. So we, we, this is what the church upholds. Truth. This is what the church proclaims. Truth. You got to get off the soap operas. Well, I don't watch the soap operas. Sure you do. Fox News, CNN, Alex Jones, InfoWars, every single conspiracy theory that you can think of. Get off the soap operas and get into the Word of God. You can tell me everything about JFK and their entire family and all the conspiracy theories behind the Luciferian Freemasonry Society that is really secretly in control uh, because of the Illuminati and the Bilderberger group. But you can't tell me about Romans 8. Why don't you get in the word of God? And that'll help you see all the things that God has in store for you. Tyler needed to hear that. because He's watching too much Alex Jones. I'm kidding. We're at a mountaintop in Romans 8. I want to show you, I know you know this, but go to Ephesians 6. I believe it'll help us appropriately. Okay. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to, here it is, stand against the wiles of the devil. You have been given all things in Christ so that you can stand against. If you're going to be a catcher for a baseball team, you better have a thick glove. Uh, uh, a very well-made face mask, the chest protection, the groin protection, the knee and shin protection. You better have all of that 
So you can stand behind that plate or kneel in the catcher's position behind that plate and stand against 90 mile an hour fastballs. God has given you some weapons, some protection. And you got nothing on your back because God's got your back. Hey. You're strong in him, verse number 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Who is against you? All of that is against you. Make no mistake about it. There are people against you. God said you can stand. But it better be in his power. And it's hit and it's hit and it talking in tongues right there. It just has the anointing. The church down the road said if you seek it, you really want it, you can have it. I just If you want to tap into God's power and enjoy all the spiritual blessings that he has for you, you can enjoy that right now. But you do have to walk in the spirit instead of yielding to the flesh. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may able to withstand the evil day. And having done all, here it is again, to stand. Then talks about stand. Therefore, we know all. We know all this. But God's for you. Yes, there are spiritual wickedness in high places. All of that we read about. There are forces against you, but God is for you. And every force against you as a believer, they won't be successful because God is for you. This church locally is for you. We want to do everything as a corporate body to help each other. And if that means me helping you, I will help you. If that means you helping me, please help me. But we will stand together on the word of God and declare his truth. Knowing no one can be against us successfully. That's the whole point of the question. Because there are people against us. The implication is it, it don't matter because they're not going to be successful. That's the implication. Don't make a mistake and think that you're going to go out publicly, proclaim Christ and think no one's going to be against you. Oh, no, they are. They are just not successfully. God's purpose. For those that are in him. Is to stand. Unashamed. And allow him to work. Here's what you can be uh, assured of. Go to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 13. 1 Corinthians 10, verse number 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth. See that? Thinketh he standeth. Take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Now, this deals with man's excuse 
to spiritualize his or her situation. How's that? Because people say, well, my situation's different. What I have going on is, is special. Most of the time it's not. We've been praying for Robbie for a good bit. We're going to have to continue to pray for Robbie. What he has is not common to me. If you have to have a double hip surgery, then you can relate, and that's common to you. You can relate to that. I can't relate to that. But most of what we, our spiritual temptations, it's common to all of us. Are you going to fix it? Stop you trying to stand and go against it and trust God. He is faithful, it says, who will not suffer you. Do you believe the Bible? There you are. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, period. No. God doesn't want you escaping and running around in terror that you may be able to bear. God will make a way, it will be in such a way that when you finally escape, God is going to make a way for it to be bearable to you. Who is against you? There's a lot of people that are against you. But you be assured, God will make a way for you to escape. God is a God who rescues. Many children today need rescuing from situations they're in. Many men today need rescuing from situations. I've seen it happen. Many women need rescuing from situations that they're in. I'm thinking of my mind right now, someone that was rescued from a situation years back. We played a part in helping her get rescued from that situation. Now she's married to somebody who wants to be a missionary. Who does that? God does that. He makes it bearable because he bears you up. He bears all things. John 14, John chapter 14. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ rescues. I'm thankful for that. How about you? Amen. John 14, verse number 16. And uh, if you love me, keep my commandments. But Lord, I do love you, but I'm not keeping your commandments. So that would mean you're, you're backslidden. That would mean you, you've, you've fallen back a little bit. You've gotten away from your first love. You really don't love God like you wish you could love God. What's the answer? Jesus said, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. You may go wayward. I may backslide. But God's not. He is going to abide. 
And we have been given that Holy Spirit, that comforter. We have been given the baptism of the Spirit the moment we've gotten saved. And he will abide. You tap into the Holy Spirit and yield yourself to be guided by the Holy Spirit. You will find that way of escape and it will be bearable. And the church and, his, and God's people will help in that matter. But God will always abide faithful. You can mark that down. Go back, let's go back to our starting point of Romans 8. Might as well get Genesis 22 as well. Romans 8 and Genesis 22. Uh, he that spared not his own son, Romans 8.32, but delivered him up for us all. I want you to get this with Genesis 22 because watch what it says. It really gives a good prophetic truth in verse number 12 in Genesis 22. Uh, in verse 21, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then in verse number 12 of Genesis 22, and he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad. He's going to offer up his son Isaac, the lad. Neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God. God put a test before Abraham. He passed the test. Seeing thou hast not withheld thy son. Abraham proved his loyalty. Thine only son from me. This is the greatest example of a man. And his loyalty to God. Abraham, he is our example of by faith. He is our example of justification by faith, not only before God, but before man. You're only justified by God, by his grace. But Abraham here is doing a work. He's already justified by faith before God. That justification is complete. He is showing his loyalty to God. And when his people hear about that, there is going to be no doubt in their mind about Abraham's justification. I'm talking about the people. We are justified before God by faith, but before man, we are justified by works. That's why so many people say, can you believe that person's a Christian? Because of their works. Nobody believes you. If there was anybody in Abraham's town that doubted that he was justified before God and he was a God-fearing man, I can guarantee you, after they heard word of this, nobody doubted. Nobody doubted. He showed his loyalty to God 
And this points to Romans 8.32. God's loyalty and God's purpose to those that are in him. He will conform you. It will happen. If you look at verse 8 in Genesis 22, watch what it says. And Abraham said, my son. Isaac's asking, what, what's all this wood? What's, what's, what's all this fire? Dad, where's the burnt offering? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. My son. God. Will. Provide. Himself. A lamb. And he did. God. Provided himself. For you. And for me. As a lamb. And one of the most. Beautiful prophetic pictures of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, is in Abraham's response to God. Don't worry about it, son. God said he would provide himself. And until you start living by faith, you think you're going to be the provider. Abraham knew, he knew God would provide. No Jew should miss that. You're going to witness to a Jewish person? Take him to Genesis 22. No Jewish person can miss Abraham's faith. Romans 8.32, let's go back there. How shall he not with also with him also freely give us all things? Health, wealth, prosperity, gospel is a false gospel. All those that preach it are not of God, they're of the devil, and it's uh, a den of thieves, they're liars. Uh, that is completely false. God is not promised to give you all the things that you want. A rich mother hired a nanny to be a babysitter. And this rich mother said to the nanny, you let my little daughter have whatever she wants. So the child is playing in the room next to where the nanny is reading. And the nanny hears the child scream. I want it. Well, in a calm but firm voice, the nanny says, no. Well, the mom heard this and comes into the room and says, I told you I hired you and I, and I told you that you whatever she wants, you let her have it. The nanny, but, and she says, but the mom cuts her off, but nothing. I told you, let her have it. And she storms out of the room. Well, it happens again. The nanny's sitting there in the room across from where the little girl is playing and she hears it again. I want it. I want it. And the nanny says in a calm but firm voice, no, you cannot have it. 
Well, the rich mother heard that and came back in. I told you, give her whatever she wants, but you don't understand. I don't want to understand. You give her whatever she wants. And she storms out of the room. As the nanny says, okay. Well, this time, there is a blood-curling scream that the mother hears from the child, followed by crying. So the mom runs down. I hear her screaming again. I thought I told you to give her what she wants. I'm going to fire you. And the nanny looked at the mom and said, she wanted a bumblebee. You let your kid play with the bees. You let your kids play with something dangerous. You can give them what they want, but it's going to hurt them. No, you can't. No, we're not opening up the screen door to let the bee come in so you can catch it. But I want, I want, I want. Don't use Romans 8.32 as a text verse for you to just get everything your little heart desires. No, God has some better things in store for you. And that's what we're talking about. You can't have everything that you want. Neither can I. Neither should my children or your children get everything they want. And, well, they say, well, that's not fair. No, what isn't fair is that you as a filthy, vile sinner and me as a wicked sinner to be saved by grace and then Christ to give us all spiritual blessings. That's what's not fair. He spared not his own son. I can spare a hired servant. I might be able to spare your son, but not mine. You can spare a, a worker or an employee or maybe my son, but you only one. He spared him not. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Christ offers a precious gift, which would be enough for you and I to praise his holy name for eternity. but he supplies us with all things that we can have access to right now to live a life of godliness if we would just happen. And one day we're going to have complete conformity to him. And that's pretty good. Christ is the heir of all things and we possess we possess all things in him. A dirt poor young girl marries, and she didn't know, a rich prince until the day of the marriage. And she just found out. But you, mean, you mean I have all that? The day you got saved as a poor, wretched, sin Christ purchased you now you're part of his body now you get to read Romans 8 and say you mean I get all that Lord you, you get to read Colossians 1 and say 
I get all that after all I've done as low as I am? And God says, yes, yes. Read you two verses and we'll be done. Romans 4. We'll close here. Bible says in verse 24 at the end of Romans 4, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification, have you believed on him today? If you haven't, please do. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Please, I implore you, if you haven't, be justified today and get access to the all things. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.